Good evening and welcome to our midweek service. This evening it is a privilege and an honor for me to talk about something that I've studied for more than 40 years. It's something about which I've spoken to other people for 40 years. And more often than not, over those 40 years, people have thought I was crazy because they had never heard of this word or this event called the rapture. People say, well, the word rapture is not in the Bible, but we've talked about this before, that the word rapture is the Latin term rapturo. That is a translation from the original Greek from the word harpazo, which means to be taken out, to be removed, to be seized out of the way. And that's called in the Bible our blessed hope. Because if you've ever read the Bible when it talks about end times, the study of end times is called eschatology. If you've ever read that, it can be a little disconcerting. It can be a little unnerving. It's actually a little scary. It's also referred to this end times, this tribulation period is referred to as the wrath of the lamb. And yet, there is so much confusion about this notion of the rapture, this thing referred to as our blessed hope, this mystery. And people are so confused. I'm not going to talk about when it's going to happen as far as giving you a time, a date, or lines up with what feast, because I don't know in spite of the fact I've been studying it for so long. I think I know, and then it doesn't come, so then I realize I know nothing. The reality is, however, what I do believe, and I believe this unequivocally, is that it occurs prior to what's referred to in the book of Revelation as the tribulation. The tribulation is not for the church. It is not for the bride of Christ. And yet there are people out there who teach this, who preach this, and say that the bride must somehow go through the wrath of the Lamb. I don't understand that, and the Word does not teach us that, and we're going to go through that this evening. The first scripture this evening we're going to look at is 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 53. All of these scriptures are in the New King James Version. And here Paul says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. This was a mystery. One of the reasons I think it's so people don't know when you can't figure out when the date may be is a number of reasons. It is a mystery. We're not to know, maybe. Maybe we are, maybe we're not. I'm not sure. But one thing, there are so many reasons why. First of all, it hasn't happened yet. And second of all, it cannot happen while those who have accepted the blood of Christ for the propitiation of their sins and are part of the bridegroom, the, 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 the bride of Christ, the rapture, the tribulation cannot start if you're here because you are filled with the Holy Spirit and the fact that the Holy Spirit is still here in you holds back the Antichrist and the enemy from coming and taking control of this earth now I know if you look around the world today it looks pretty bad and I acknowledge that shockingly bad particularly if you've seen how swiftly things have deteriorated around the world but the enemy cannot come and take control of this earth 
if you, one spirit-filled Christian, is still here because you, in him, have authority over the enemy. So the enemy can't come and take control of the earth if you're here because you speak to him and he must obey because he's under your authority. Hallelujah. Revelation 3.10. You see, Jesus promises to keep us from the hour of temptation here in Revelation 3.10. He says, because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. That hour is coming, but Jesus just said, I will keep you from that. Why? Because you have kept my command to persevere. Titus 2.13 states, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, is it a hope if I'm going to get tortured and beaten for seven years, which is the length of the tribulation, we know that from the book of Daniel. It's not a hope. It's a hope if I'm going to avoid it, and it's referred to here as our blessed hope, or blessed hope. I don't know if we add a little affectation, like if we're in the real world and we say, how blessed are you? We say, we don't say, never mind. All right, moving on to uh, first death, first. Thessalonians 5, 9. You see, again, we are not the object of God's wrath. Who is the object? Who was the object of God's wrath that we have accepted so as to avoid and be removed from the wrath of God? See, he no longer has wrath for us. His wrath was meted out upon Jesus on the cross. For those who say that we have to go through the wrath, through the tribulation, for those who say we're going to be subject to the wrath of God, you're saying to Jesus, your sacrifice was insufficient. It wasn't enough. So I have to pay more because what you did wasn't enough to pay for my sins. Sacrilege. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation 6.16 See, I'm going to go through these verses rapidly so that you get to see that we are not appointed to wrath. We are not going to endure the tribulation. We are not going to be here to figure out who the Antichrist is. We're going to be in heaven at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Revelation 6.16. And said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. That happens after we're gone. First, Thess First Thessalonians 1.10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Now, I've just rattled off about six or seven um, scriptures, all of which say we are not appointed to wrath. We're delivered from wrath. The rapture is a rescue it is to remove his bride from what is referred to as the time of Jacob's trouble. See, the purpose of the, rap, the tribulation is to bring Israel back to God. That is the purpose of the tribulation. It is not for the bride of Christ. We are rescued out of it. We are removed. We are seized. The tribulation period is wrath. 
Revelation 6.16, tribulation becomes the wrath of the Lamb. The hope of the church is not the wrath of the Lamb, but the loving bridegroom who will take his bride to himself. Again, what I just read, the church is explicitly promised to expect Jesus to deliver us from the coming wrath. We're delivered from it. We're not subject to it. It is not what we're appointed for. First Thess Thessalonians, I don't know why I'm having trouble with that word. First Thess Thessalonians 5, 2. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, the beginning with the rapture, comes as a thief in the night. It is not a thief in the night to, know, to those who are looking for it. It is not a thief in the night for the church. It is a thief in the night for those who are unsaved. Because what happens is the bride will be removed, taken out, stolen away from the earth, removed. And the rest of the world, it will be as a thief. They don't see it coming. They don't know. They're going about their day as living their lives. And I just look around and I, and I want to say to people, are you paying attention? Don't you see what's going on? Evil is good, good is evil. This has been talked about throughout the word, throughout the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament. Look around. The world in which I live today is so foreign from the one in which I grew up that it's striking. I said to people I was driving with my son several years ago on Route 80 in Pennsylvania for like 17 straight hours, because if you ever rode on Route 80 in Pennsylvania, it's eternity. And he said to me, Dad, if, it, if, if the world has changed so quickly in the last couple of years, now, by, by the way, this was two years ago, if it's changed so quickly, how fast is it going to continue to change such that what's the future going to be? That's got to be a little unnerving to the world. The world's got to be increasingly fearful about what's coming upon the earth, but they're not turning to the one who has said, the blessed hope will remove you. Only Jesus is the answer to this fallen world. See, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 17 says, for the Lord himself, Jesus, will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. I will in a minute here differentiate the rapture with the second coming. They are two different events. The rapture is this mystery. It is the blessed hope. The second coming, Jesus comes on the clouds in great glory where every eye will see him. He doesn't come as a thief in the night. He doesn't come to... See, we meet him in the clouds. We're caught up into the air, and the rest of the world doesn't see him. We're God like that. But the second coming, Jesus comes riding on a white horse, clothed in white linen, arrayed with what? His bride, also wearing white linen and riding white horses, where every eye on earth will see him. It doesn't say that about the mystery of the rapture. No one sees it. The bride is removed. Differentiate those two events. The rapture is not the second coming. Every eye sees Jesus coming on the clouds in great glory in the second coming. Only we are removed to be with him in the clouds. You see, he does not set foot upon the earth in the rapture. He meets us in the air. He sets foot upon the Mount of Olives in the second coming. Revelation 4, 1 through 4. 
After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. This is John, the revelator, speaking about right after he talks about the seven churches. Immediately, Revelation 4 says, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, come up here, and I will show you things that must take place after this. After what? When he is taken up into heaven. That's what's after this. So he is effectively, in his vision, in Revelation, raptured so he can see what's going on in heaven after verse 4 of Revelation. Immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne, and he sat there with light, was, and he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. Now this happens in Revelation 4. After the, window, the door was open and John is removed up into heaven to watch what's going on after this. The first three chapters of Revelation are talking about the seven churches. No more after Revelation 4.1 do we hear about the church. And here we see this depiction of 24 thrones and 24 elders sitting around the throne of God in white linen, wearing the righteousness of God, the righteousness of Christ, the Lamb of God, and wearing crowns. Some people will have you believe that these are angels. Where in the Bible does it say that angels wear crowns? Angels may wear white, but that white is not the righteousness of Christ, which is discussed and depicted and revealed for, the bride, for the, the bride of Christ. These elders, I believe, are the raptured bride of Christ. It is us. See, they're not there prior to Revelation 1. John says, come up hither. I come up hither, and he sees Jesus on the throne, and around the throne of God are 24 elders with crowns clothed in white. See, they were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. To sit on a throne is a seat of power and authority. The Bible, one of the things we are told is that we will reign with Christ. Ephesians even mentions that we are seated with him in heavenly places. What are these 24 elders doing? They're seated on the thrones before the throne of Jesus. See, the victorious raptured church, this is the scene of the victorious raptured church depicted as the 24 elders. It says in Revelation 3.21, to one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. What are the elders wearing? Again, they're dressed in white and wore crowns on their heads. To be dressed in white, especially a white robe, is symbolic of being clothed with the righteousness of Christ. The only ones who will ever be clothed in the righteousness of those is those who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. This is mentioned throughout Revelation. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trials. 
Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life, the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. See, it is the church that wears the crown. It is the church that wears the righteousness of Christ. This is who the elders are seated around the throne who are not depicted in that capacity prior to Revelation 1. Again, some will argue that they are angels. Angels may be dressed in white, as I said, but they're not clothed with Christ's righteousness. They do not sit on thrones, and they are, they are not awarded the crown of life. See, the world studies the Bible and wants to make the bride of Christ feel as though the enemy makes us feel on this earth. If we truly could comprehend who you are in the spirit realm, who you are as the bride of Christ, who you are as his beloved, you would not shy away from thinking, I don't know, I can't wear a crown of righteousness, I can't wear a, a, the, the righteousness of Christ and sit on a throne. The word declares it. You are God's masterpiece, according to Ephesians. You are the masterpiece of creation. Creation was made for you, for God to have a family to love. And the world wants to tear us down and make us feel like pond scum. And the world does a good job a lot of times making us feel that way. But we need to renew our minds according to Romans. And it says, do not be conformed to this world's thinking, but renew your mind. That's what we need to do. Renew our minds with the word of God and study it so as not to accept what the world says about you, but accept what the Lord says about you. Revelation 5.11 and Revelation 7.11, these are not angels. These passages differentiate between the elders and the angels. In Revelation 5.11, then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders. You see, they are different. Many angels around the throne, living creatures around the throne, and the elders. They are different. They are not the same. These are not angels. These are not the living creatures. This is the raptured church around the throne. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Revelation 7:11. All the angels were standing around the throne. They were what? Were they sitting around the throne? They were standing. Who was standing? The angels. Who was sitting? The 24 elders. The angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. You are seated with a crown and white raiment before the throne of God, seated on a throne. Hallelujah, I can't wait. You see, the purpose of the tribulation is to pour out God's wrath, the wrath of the Lamb. It's poured out upon the earth, beginning with the sealed judgments in Revelation 6. Well after the appearance of heaven of the 24 angels, which appear, I'm sorry, the 24 elders, which appear in Revelation 1. The sealed judgments poured out of the wrath of God, broken from the wrath of God, begin in Revelation 6, 1. After the church is removed in the rapture, we are not here for the wrath of God. Oftentimes I've, heard it said that Jesus is not a wife beater. You understand that? He's not going to leave his bride on the earth to suffer the wrath of the tribulation and the things to come. We are not appointed to wrath. 
2 Timothy 4.8. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. What are the 24 elders wearing? Crowns. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not only to me, but unto all, all those that love his appearing. I love his appearing. I can't wait. I think about it all the time. I can't wait to be with my Lord. Listen, the Lord is the love of my life. It, he is my entire life. I would not have a fam, my wife and children. I would not have anything without him. He was there when I was 12 crying out for him, lonely and hurting in this world. He was the one who brought me a wife and brought me children. He has been with me forever. He is the love of my life, and I can't wait to be with him. It doesn't mean that I want to die now, but I will tell you I would like the rapture to happen now, and I know that the people say, that's very selfish of you. Yes, I understand. I, I, I balance my desire to look into the eyes of my precious Lord and Savior with my hope that others will accept him as their Lord and Savior prior to the rapture, at which point they will suffer the tribulation. I've said this to many people who I thought were difficult for me to reach, right? Difficult for me to essentially preach the word to or at least reveal Jesus to them. I know people whose hard, hearts were hardened and they would not listen, whether it because they, had, they were intellectuals and they couldn't accept the notion of faith or for whatever reason they were hardened by life and they couldn't accept Jesus. So one way in which I've tried to witness to those people is talk about the rapture. And what do you think they think? Gee, that sounds plausible. No, they think I'm ridiculous. They think I'm crazy because they didn't read the word and they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. You have to understand, one thing that we fail to recognize is flesh cannot understand the word. And therefore, the flesh in the world thinks it's foolishness. But spirit can understand it. And the Lord reveals things to us, his children, about his word. And so I remember fishing with a friend of mine who would mock me about this notion of the rapture, and yet I persisted and told him about it. Why? Because I figured it may be the only way he's able to avoid eternity in hell and be with the Lord in heaven. Now he's going to have to go through the tribulation, probably will die in the meantime, but he will know. Because I told him that I'll be gone. And when that happens, you'll know that I wasn't crazy. There are people who leave messages for family members that they know are unsaved about what will happen, that when I'm gone, when I disappear, it's not going to be alien abductions. It's going to be the glorious, blessed hope of Jesus removing his bride from the wrath to come. rapture is an escape. Luke 21, 36. Christ himself said all men ought to pray to escape. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. To escape. What is the rapture? It's an escape. 
Let's look back in, in the Bible. Was anyone else ever raptured? What about Enoch? Enoch was, walked with God, and then wasn't because God took him. When does Enoch get raptured? He's at 300 years old. I think he's 300. And what happens? He gets raptured, and what happens right after that? The flood. Raptured before the wrath. What about Lot? Was Lot a great guy? No, but Lot believed. And so Lot is raptured, removed, taken out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Why? Because the wrath is about to pour down on Sodom and Gomorrah. What happens? Immediately after he's removed comes the wrath. Elijah, raptured. You could say even Philip was raptured in the book of Acts. You could say Adam was raptured because God put him in the garden. Jesus, removed. All these raptures. See, God protects those who believe in and trust in him. I mean, you can even go into, like Moses and his family were on the ark. Look at, uh, not Moses, Noah. Moses was in the ark, that little basket from that movie, <laughs> and he's put in the, the reeds on the, the Nile River. That's a little ark. He's saved from the wrath of the, the Pharaoh who's trying to kill all the, the children below two years old. We are not appointed to wrath. 2 Corinthians 5, 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You know, it is well known in, uh, in history that ambassadors of nations are removed just before a war begins. We, as the ambassadors of Christ, are removed just before the wrath of the war of, the, of tribulation. 2 Corinthians 5.20, oh, that was, I just read that, sorry. 2 Thessalonians 2, 6 through 7. You see, the restrainer. See, what is it that holds back the Antichrist? The Holy Spirit. The Antichrist can't take control of the earth if the Holy Spirit's here. How is the Holy Spirit here? You're here. You are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. You, therefore, in him, have authority over the enemy. He cannot come take control of the earth while you're still here. 2 Thessalonians 2, 6 through 7. And now you know what is restraining. What's restraining? The Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit restraining? The Antichrist from taking over the earth. That he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Yeah, you think? Look around. Only he, capital H, who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. The restrainer is removed at the rapture, thereby allowing Satan to take control. Boy, it looks like he's in control right now, doesn't it? But you know it will be so profoundly worse than it is right now. Why? Because we, the body of Christ, the church will be removed. And therefore this restrainer and the authority of God over the enemy where he will be given seven years to run amok. The, the, the tribulation is not for the church. The rapture is for the church. The tribulation is for Israel and the nations. You see, God is not done with Israel. There are many who teach what's referred to as 
replacement theology that the church has replaced Israel. Well, that would mean that everything that he wrote about Israel as the apple of his eye and all the Old Testament speaking about what Israel was, was a lie. That is wrong thinking, in my opinion, in many people's opinion. You have to differentiate the church age from the time of, of Israel. Israel will be brought back to God. He is not done with Israel yet. That's the purpose of the tribulation. So that at that point when he returns, they will look upon him whom they have pierced and they will accept him as their God and their Savior. Hallelujah. You see, again, I want to differentiate between the rapture and his return. The rapture, Christ returns, or at least calls us up into the air as a thief in the night, and the world will see it as a thief in the night. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, behold, I come quickly, he says. And yet, his return to earth, the second coming, at the end, at the end of the tribulation, the battle of Armageddon, Jesus comes back to earth riding, white horse, riding a white horse. He returns openly, not like a thief in the night, for every eye to see, not in the clouds, but triumphantly for every eye to see as their king on the clouds. And then they shall see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with great power and glory. Again, who paid the price for our sin? Jesus did. Does anything need to be added to his sacrifice on the cross? Do we need to be beaten? Do we need to be refined more by the wrath of the lamb? It's really troubling when preachers, in my opinion, teach that we will endure the wrath of the lamb because I believe it's wrong scriptural thinking, it's wrong teaching, and it totally misunderstands, in my opinion, who Jesus is, the loving Savior, our bridegroom, that I can't wait to see. I know, as I, and I know that I know that I know. I'm out of here. I'm not going to endure the tribulation. Those who accepted the blood of Christ for the propitiation of their sins and who have made Jesus their Lord and Savior will not suffer in any means the tribulation. We will be in heaven at the marriage supper of the land, and then seven years later we will come back with him to come back to the earth. And there we will ever be with Jesus, always. We are not appointed to wrath. And again, I think that people, I don't understand why people teach that there is a, a mid-tribulation rapture or a post-tribulation rapture. I just think that it's non-biblical. And I don't think it really represents Jesus for who he truly is. And I struggle when people try to explain it to me that, that we're going to suffer the wrath of the Lamb. I've just rambled through all these scriptures that in my opinion make it clear, we're in heaven around the throne with crowns and clothed in his righteousness. It is so precious. It is our blessed hope. And stop listening to anybody who would tell you otherwise because it's not biblical. I don't believe it is. Now look, I don't know when it's gonna happen. But I do believe that it will happen before the tribulation. I believe that the word declares it. I believe it is clear. And I believe that we will be out of here. I don't know when. 
I study and think about when because it is my blessed hope and I look forward to it. But I don't know when. I think it is awfully close. People say, oh, hasn't there been tribulation in the world always? Yes, but one thing is different now. Because on March, on May 14th, 1948, the fig tree in one day buds and comes back to life. And that is the state and the nation of Israel. Anybody ever heard of the Hittites? No, you never heard of them. Well, it's the same thing. No ancient civilization came back into their land in the modern history like Israel, who is the apple of God's eye. And so I would encourage you not to fear the tribulation, not to read the book of Revelation with anxiety, not to read it and say, oh my goodness, this is scary. Yeah, it's scary for those who have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. When I read it, I think, my goodness, why do people not heed that word and apply it to their lives by accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Choose him today so that you will be part of the blessed hope, the catching away of the bride of Christ to meet our Lord and Savior in the air where he's not coming back to earth yet, not until the end of the tribulation. Our blessed hope, this glorious appearing that I can't wait for, I look forward to every day. Endeavor to accept him as your Lord and Savior. And those who have never done so, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, consider it today because it will be the greatest decision you will ever make. And we will exist forever. And saying and believing this prayer and accepting Jesus into your heart will ensure that forever you will have life and not death. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, or if you have and you're not living for him and you want to rededicate your life, please say this prayer after me. It says here in Romans 10, 9, I'll say after me in a second, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's no equivocation in that statement. It says what it says. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, and you have moved from death into life. And you can expect to be raptured out of here. So say this prayer with me. Dear God in heaven, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Become my personal Lord and Savior. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I thank you for accepting me as your blood-bought, precious own, and that I am now born again. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just said that prayer for the first time, there are angels rejoicing in heaven because there is a new member of the family and you have entered life, and you will never suffer the, the, the terror of the tribulation. You are now a part of the bride of Christ and will be raptured in our glorious, blessed hope that is soon to come. God bless you, and good evening.